Take your Bibles, Amos chapter chapter 8, verse 11 through 12. Proverbs chapter 1, 23 through 30. Now, I weekly I go to God and say, what would you have me to speak about? What would you have me preach out of the Word of God? I want to preach the whole counsel of God. I had no idea that there would be a bunch of preachers here today, but there's a group of preachers here today meeting with uh, Bud Calvert this week. And God bless you, dear folks. I did not know you were going to be here, so I did not handpick this message for you. God did. You can put that in your book because God did it. I had no idea. This is a message on preaching. The famine of fundamental preaching. Let's read, if we could, the verse 11 and 12 there. And behold, the days come, saith the Lord God, that I will send a famine in the land. Not a famine of bread, nor a thirst of water, but of hearing of the words of the Lord. They shall wander from sea to sea and from north even to the east. They shall run to and fro to seek the word of the Lord and shall not find it. What we've had in America since Jonathan Edwards in the 1700s all the way to today and is we've had the blessing of having the preached Word of God. We have not had a famine in the Word of God. The Bible has been preached up and down and across this country from every which way. God has raised up men to preach it in its honesty and integrity. But that is a gift. cannot be assumed that you'll always have that. Political correctness is not new. Most of you know what political correctness is in our day for sure. Tailoring one's words to fit the particular situation or to accommodate to appease people is as old as we are, as old as man. False prophets who tell the people what they want to hear is ancient. It is also alive and well on planet Earth. The pendulum between fundamental forthright preaching And pragmatic, politically correct preaching is in constant motion, it seems. From the revival of Jonathan Edwards in the 1700s until in the 1970s, predominantly across America, there was fundamental forthright preaching, and it dominated America. People like Lyman Beecher and Peter Cartwright, Charles Finney, John Wesley, George Whitfield, wow. Sam Jones, the old lawyer, Dwight Moody, Bob Jones Sr., Billy Sunday, C.H. Spurgeon, Gypsy Smith, J. Vernon McGee, Mel Trotter, Oliver B. Green, Jack Hiles, John R. Rice, and I'm leaving out a whole bunch of them, trust me, a whole bunch of folks, Harold Seitler, old Tabernacle Baptist Church in Greenville, Bob Jones Jr., and so many, many more preach the Word of God as it is for people as they are. Many of these men, which out without names and without knowing them, that weren't really filled the pulpits in the vast majority of little churches across America, which covered America. They preached the Word of God as it is for people as they are. 
They did not trim the message. They did not tailor the application. They did not soften the meanings. They did not pamper the hearers, but they preached the whole counsel of God. They preached the negative, and they preached the positive. They preached the encouraging, and they preached the demonstrative passages. They preached old hellfire, damnation passages, and they preached about heaven. In other words, they preached the word of God as thus saith the Lord. We believe here at the gospel that the old King James Bible is the inspired word of God and preserved word of God for English-speaking people from cover to cover. Every word God has preserved for us and helped us to know it. In Amos' day, they were in a mess, Israel, mainly the ten northern tribes, by the way. Israel had backslidden since the Jeroboam led them away from Rehoboam years earlier. They say that this book's around 760 uh, B.C., and uh, they were taken by Assyria in 721 B.C. in captivity. They were literally, the ten northern tribes of Israel were wiped out. So not long from 760 to 721, they were about 40 years away from being completely wiped out as a people. And they uh, were being judged by God. God's time of grace was just about over for them. The sin of the nation had made its way all the way up to heaven. And they were ripe for the picking. They hated old fundamental Bible-believing preachers that God had sent them. Amos chapter 5, if you want to look there in verse 10. And they hate him that rebuketh in the gate. And they abhor him that speaketh uprightly. In chapter 7, verse 10, it says, Then Amos well, it says Amos has conspired. They reported about Amos, and they said, Amaziah said, Amos hath conspired against thee in the midst of the house of Israel, and the land is not able to bear all his words. I believe not long from now there's going to come a day in America if we don't if we don't have revival, if we don't have the power of God come back into our country and cause people to repent. You're going to see a time when your independent, fundamental, Bible-believing preachers are hauled off to jail. Because the first time they make, a, they make a law concerning hate speech and say that we preachers cannot preach against certain areas that the Bible preaches against. And if God speaks against it, we have to speak against it. But the first time that they say, you folks can't speak against that because that's hate speech, you'll be seeing your preacher go off to jail. And the person that replaces your preacher is going to go off to jail. But I'll tell you, in Amos' day, God hated their politically correct, worldly, rock and roll form of worship that they had come up with. Amos chapter 5, verse 21 to 24 says, I hate, I despise your feast days. Now think about that. God's talking about it. He said, I will not smell in your solemn assemblies. Though ye offer me burnt offerings, your meat offerings, I will not accept them. Neither will I regard the peace offerings of your fat beasts. Look in verse 23 of chapter 5. It says, God says, take thou away from me the noise of thy songs. Some people got the idea, I can just offer anything to God and he'll accept it. There are specific areas that God will not accept. He, to be a friend of the world, the Bible says, to be an enemy of God. 
You can't take that which is, which is done in a honky-tonk on Friday night and bring it in the church on Sunday and accept God, expect God to say, oh, that's good, I'm glad you're singing. He says, the noise of your songs, take it away. I will not hear the melody of thy vials. Well, let judgment run down as waters and righteousness as a mighty stream. I say to you this morning, the worst punishment God did or can do to worldly people that are outside of the will of God that claim to be his people was God just stopped speaking to you. You have a famine of the word of God, as it says there in verse 11 of chapter 8. If you neglect God, he will leave you without a witness. I never want to take the granted the privilege that we have here this morning of meeting together freely without, without fear of intimidation to hear the Bible preached. Brother, I never want to take that for granted. I thought about how many men sacrificed their lives so that we could be here this morning. How many mothers cried themselves to sleep week after week, day after day, month after month because their child died in a war or something for defend the freedom that we have. I didn't do it, but they did it. All gave some, but some gave all. I think of the man who had birthed their children and sent them off to war and many times with pain in their heart looked out over the field so maybe their son would come home, but he never would come home. Those people died so that we can have what we have here. Don't you restrict the preaching and the worship of God's people. Don't do it. Don't you start telling them what they can do and how they can preach. This method, by the way, of punishment that God uses here in the book of Amos has previously been mentioned in the Bible. Proverbs, as I mentioned, chapter 1, verse 23. Let me read through down through that and give you a quick outline. We see the opportunity to respond to God is offered. In verse 23, Turn you at my reproof. Behold, I will pour out my spirit unto you. I will make known my words unto you. If you're here this morning and the blessed Holy Spirit pulls on your heart an area of your life to get right, maybe to get saved, maybe to get right in some area that you've been outside of God's will, I'd take it real serious. It's a high privilege for God to convict you of sin. I wouldn't put it off. You say, oh, it'll be there next week. Will it? We would see the repeated rejection recorded in verse 24 through 25. He says, because I have called and you refused, I have stretched out my hand and no man regarded, but you have said it not all my counsel and would none of my reproof. The unexpected response of God found in verse 26 and 27 is, I also will laugh at your calamity. What? I will mock at your, when your fear cometh. When your fear cometh as desolation and destruction, cometh as a whirlwind, that's a tornado, or a hurricane, I suppose. When distress and anguish cometh upon you, and we see in, in, in the fourth thing there, the famine of the word of God in verse 28, then shall they call upon me, and I will not answer. So this is not a new method. Then shall they seek me early, but they shall not find me. For that they hated knowledge and did not choose the fear of the Lord. They would none of my counsel. They despised all my reproof. All I can say is when God comes by your house, you better respond 
and listen to the blessed Holy Spirit when he talks to you. Don't you sit in a service where the preaching of the Bible has been and God begins to convict you. Don't harden your heart on God. You may look, you may find like these people found out in Amos so when they wanted God, he wasn't there anymore. God's not a little, little uh, errand boy to be called anytime you want to call him. He's a holy, mighty God, the maker of all that is. When God comes by and convicts you of something, whatever it be, man, be sensitive. Do not grieve. The word grieve, the Bible says, do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, which is sealed on the day of redemption. The word grieve there means to make sad. Oh, what a horrible thing to make the Holy Spirit sad. He that's supposed to be there to comfort us and encourage us can be made sad by us. You mean to tell me you can make God sad? You can. You have the ability to make God sad. You also have the ability to make God happy. Man, I didn't think I was that important, Brother Bill. The Bible says it. The Bible says it's possible. The Holy Spirit comes by, or the preacher preaches the Word of God, whether it pleases you or not, or whether it makes you angry or not. You should listen to it. How many times I mean, God's people come into our services here to gospel. They hear the Bible preached as it is for people as they are, and they walk out upset. Can you imagine that? Ah, oh, they'll say, I'm not going to that Bible thumpers church anymore. They'll say, I'm not going to hear any more of that negative preaching. I'm going to go down the road where they talk smooth things and nice things. And they say, I'm not, I want to feel good when I come out of church. I've heard him say, that preacher's in my face. I don't like it. Beware, dear one, beware. These are the kind of responses that were also given in Amos' day. What did God do to these people who rejected his word? He sent them his preachers and he warned them, number one. Secondly, he withdrew his word his preachers, and replace them with people pleasers. Thirdly, he caused Assyria, that heathen wicked nation of idolaters, to cruelly come in and ravage Israel and take him into captivity as slaves some 40 years after he spoke those words. Oh, even at the end, their false prophets predicted positive things. They were in denial of the negative things that were coming their way that the nation was backslidden. In chapter 9, verse 10, it says, All the sinners of my people shall die by the sword, which say, and these sinners which are going to die by the sword, it says, which say, the evil shall not overtake nor prevent us. I have in my notes here, that's the power of positive thinking that didn't work. We in America are not guaranteed of always being here either. Just because we've had a tremendous heritage, just because God has obviously worked through America to reach the world for Christ, never has a nation been raised up like America. There's no nation with a constitution like we have. There's no nation with a godly foundation of Judeo-Christian law like we've had. There's no nation that has had the freedom of, of preaching uh, in this country. Like, but just because we've had it don't mean we will have it if we reject what God has given us. You say, how do you reject what God has given you? Well, you don't support it. 
You don't come to church. You don't go to the churches that preach the gospel. You go to the churches you don't. You go to the churches. There's a list on YouTube of 39 false prophets on the Internet. 39 false. We ought to look it up. You may be listening to one. Joel Olstein made the list. How did they determine their false prophets? They analyzed what they said according to the Bible. They took what they said according to the Bible. Not how big the crowd was. Not how many people attended on Sunday. Not how many baptisms they had had. Not how many so-called decisions that were being made. They just took what they preached and compared it to the Bible. And they've come up with a list. And this, is, this list is not made by independent fundamental Bible-believing Baptists either. It's interesting, interesting. People are regularly sending me things and saying, uh, I'm listening to this guy on the Internet. Is he okay? Oh, be so careful, people, what you listen on the Internet. You may be listening to a wolf in sheep's clothing. Internet has no accountability. Many of these people are not pastors of churches where they have at least some accountability. They're just independent people that get up on, anybody can get up on the web and make something happen. You don't know if they're good, bad, or I've had people get in, involved in some of those internet preachers and leave the church because they, they got caught up on something that wasn't right and got convinced it was right and crashed and burned. I want to hear all the words of God. How about you? I don't want the preacher to hold back anything that is written in the book that's for me. How about you? I want the good with the bad. I want the easy with the hard. I want the whole counsel of God to be given to me. How about you? I don't want a preacher to decide what I should hear. I want him to go to the Holy Spirit and to go to the Word of God and say, what do they need to hear? Well, they need to hear the whole counsel of God, all of it. I'd love to be able to stand up here and preach just nice things and good things, and I do, because I preach the whole counsel of God. There's a lot of positive in the Bible. I preach about heaven. How beautiful heaven must be, must be. Sweet home of the happy and free. Fair haven of rest for the weary. How beautiful heaven must be. I love that old song. I want the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, so help me God. How about you? Here at the gospel now for 44 years, V.L. Martin for six months, and then we had Pastor Harry A. McKinney for 11 years, and now you've had me for all of those years. And there'll be somebody to follow me by the grace of God. You want to make sure they'll preach the whole counsel of God to you. 
that they won't just preach the popular things and the easy things to digest and the smooth things and just are encouraging things, though all of those are in the Bible. Tonight I'm going to preach a very encouraging message if you come. Romans chapter 8, verse 31, 39, may be the most encouraging place I know of all Scripture. It's a beautiful passage. It's worth stopping whatever you're doing tonight and coming to church. If you support, and I don't mean with your money now, I mean with your presence. If you support preachers that preach the whole truth and nothing but the truth, so help the God, that'll encourage them. Your very presence is electric. When you come into the church, it changes the church. It does. Well, preacher, I'll watch you on the internet. I preach if you're sick and if you're if you have a kidney stone, or if you have if you have your back operated on, or if you're Something happens and you got to stay at home. I understand. That's why we got that Facebook. That's why we got that a Spotify, whatever that is. That's why we got Sermon.com. That's why we got Apple Podcasts. That's why we go all over the place and put it everywhere we can. Because for those people who can't be here, those people that are in Poland can listen to the sermon here at the gospel if they have to. They have no preacher that they can go to. But really, that doesn't substitute for coming to church. Man. Watching the internet, and I've said this a few times, is like watching a fireplace on a, on a TV. You can see it, but you don't feel it. And you don't smell it. When I have a fire at my house, I use lighter pine if I can find it. You old, you old Florida boys know what lighter pine is. Lighter pine has a sweet smell to it when you burn it. Now, whatever you do, don't burn it in your house because you end up having a flu fire, burn the whole place down. Lighter pine can be burned outside, and it burns on its own. It's full of sap, and it burns on its own. You can light it with a match, and it'll burn. It has a sweet smell. That's what happens when you come to church. I thought that mic was on there. I'm just checking out, checking in the back. Amos was preaching in his day against the sin of Israel as a fundamental Bible-believing preacher. And he was trying to do what God wanted him to do. Was he popular? No. And most of the time, they're not. Was he crowded out? No, not usually. Was he pragmatic and teaching and preaching them stuff they just wanted to hear? No. He didn't just tell them what they wanted to hear. He told them the word of God. Was he received well? No. Let me say this. You can't tell the faithfulness of a preacher by the size of the congregation. There's people scattered all over the world in little congregations of 5 and 8 and 10 and 15 that are doing the will of God uh, just as much as any preacher with 1,000 or 2,000 is doing the will of God. Is he, was Amos realistic, honest, an honest representative of God's word? Yes, he was. He was definitely. As a young man, 18 years old, I chose and made a decision. You didn't have to make that same decision. I chose to be an independent, fundamental Bible believer that would honestly, faithfully, Represent the word of God. 
Southern Baptists tried to get a hold of me years ago and wanted me to come into their group and pastor. They said, we have a, we have a nice sized congregation already set up for you. We have a four independent fundamental preachers in this group. I don't know where you're at, but they had a 401k. I didn't even know what that was. I thought my reward was going to be in heaven. They had a 401k for me. And they said, if you come to be a Southern Baptist preacher, we'll even have an health insurance. Health insurance? What's that? And, oh, we'll give you a good salary, and we'll take care of you for the rest of your life. And I said, I couldn't do that. I can't do it. I was like 21 years old. I can't do that. Can't do it. There's too much, there's too much in, in your organization that's wrong. I just can't be part of that. I just won't be part of that. You, your commentaries on the Bible, the first 11 chapters you say are allegory. I, I, I believe they're literal. I'm going to say amen to that. You believe the first 11 chapters of Genesis are literal? You believe God created the heavens and the earth in seven days? I'm talking 24-hour days. That's what the Bible says. And it says it all through the Bible, not just in the book of Genesis. Do you believe Noah built a massive 450 foot by uh, 45 feet high by 75 feet wide wood barge and the rest of the world was flooded? Do you believe it? Believe Elijah prayed for three prayed and it didn't rain for three and a half years? Believe Jonah was swallowed by a whale or a large fish? Do you believe it? Do you believe the miracles of the Old Testament and the New Testament? So did Amos. But don't expect to believe that without some resistance, amen? When you say, I believe the Bible, you're going to Face the fire of hell itself, but the gates of hell will not prevail against you. Be, I like what, the, what Jesus says in the, verse, the church at Smyrna. He said, be faithful unto death, and I'll give you a crown of life. Oh, I'll be excited to receive you. To, to, I'll, I'm going to say this right. I'll be excited to see you get your reward. Oh, that'd be exciting! As a born again Christian, I never th really thought about that much, but I'm going to get to see, and I believe you're going to get to see the believers that are faithful to God get their reward. That's going to be a massive, positive, encouraging thing for those who are faithful to Christ. Be faithful, folks. Be faithful. Don't follow a preacher that trims the word of God. Don't follow a preacher that says, "I'm." I, I just I hear these guys on. On, on the internet sometimes, the TV will say, I'm just uh, repackaging the gospel. Oh, you mean to tell me Jesus didn't do a good enough job and Paul didn't do a good enough job and all the people before us that preached the gospel out of the Bible didn't do a good enough job? You're going to repackage? Well, the generation that we're in, they just won't accept that heart of message. Well, they're going to be like these people then. They're going to suffer. They're going to wander from shore to shore, from north to south, and not find the preaching of the Bible when they want to find it. Because he says to Amos, he says, I'm going to send them a famine of God's word. Oh, these are the glory days 
right now. These are the glory days. The preaching of the Bible is still legal, still right, still done. There are many independent Bible believers, preachers, Baptist preachers, and out there not Baptist preachers that are preaching the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. We're in the, we're in the glory days. You young people, be encouraged. Pick up what you've been given and run with it. And don't you let anybody stop you. Whatever happens, be true to God. Father in heaven, thank you today for the word of God. Thank you for this, these two verses in Amos chapter 8. Pray that Lord Jesus, the Holy Spirit, would come by even now. Many people in this group are going to be tempted to, leave, to walk away from and ignore or leave the, the Bible truth. Help them not to. Preserve them by your grace through your blessed Holy Spirit. Help us to make that make a decision to stand, having done all to stand. Help us. There may be some people in this group without Christ as their personal Savior. You've heard the gospel maybe time and time again. Let me, let me give you a heads up. God may stop telling you the gospel. Oh, I've heard it since I've been a kid, but you haven't reacted to it, you haven't responded to it. There'll be a day that you'll not find the gospel. You'll not hear the gospel anymore. The Holy Spirit will not convict you of the gospel anymore. You'll be like Proverbs chapter 1, 23 through 30 that we read. I give you a warning this morning. Don't take it for granted. While God comes by and he's whispering to you in that still small voice, that sweet and gentle voice of the blessed Holy Spirit, respond to him. You can have your sins completely forgiven front to back, side to side. The blood of Jesus Christ, God's Son, cleanses us from all sin. You can have that if you'll repent and put your faith in Jesus only as your precious Savior who died, who was buried and rose again the third day so that you could be justified in the sight of God. Will you trust him? Will you? If you're born again believers in this room, will you trust him in every area and walk of life? When the storm comes, as our people sang, will you trust him? Don't lose it in the few, last few years of your life. Don't, don't, don't walk away from what you stood for your whole life. Don't do it. When you get weak. The Bible says, when my mother and father forsake me, the Lord will take me up. God help them today. In Jesus' name, amen. If you would like to know more about the Lord Jesus Christ, you may contact us at the church website, gospelbaptistchurch.com, or you can go to Facebook and type in Gospel Baptist Church Bonita Springs, Florida, also, you could call the church office at 239-947-1285. Thank you, and God bless.